Hello and welcome to the final. I've got to get this camera right. I'm going to be looking in weird places. Um, I am broadcasting from a blue broom closet in the Sydney office of my firm. It's a very not my usual luxurious background. But here I am because I'm dedicated to bringing you this Melbourne Survivor One coverage as we enter hour number five, <laughs> the fifth hour of the coverage of a 26 minute episode. Uh, that is on YouTube. They said it couldn't be done, but I am happy to bring this content to you. I'm happy to make sure that uh, you get the full coverage of Melbourne Survivor. We will be, of course, handing out the awards that all of you have been voting for um, uh, over the season. And of course, the all important Orca Award. Uh, and then we will be chatting with production for a bit to round out our coverage of the season. Um, next month we will start our coverage of backyard survivor one obviously a more wholesome season uh nine to ten episodes there of quality content which we're looking forward to getting into but uh tonight very special moment to hand out these awards and who else to join me for delivering the awards but uh the queen herself annabelle working annabelle we're here for the fourth podcast on Melbourne Survivor Season 1 that no one wanted, no one asked for, and we're here to serve anyway. That's what we're doing. We're bringing the content. Everyone's – there's three people watching. Somebody wants it. Okay. So all through this month, you have had the opportunity to vote on various categories for the season. The voting is closed, and we're here to announce the results. All right, Annabelle, first of all, over under, how many people do you think voted? Okay, well, I voted, so there's at least one, and I'm guessing you voted as well, and probably Toby voted. I'm going to say five people. We actually ended up with 17. Oh! 17 Oh, my votes. goodness. That's epic. <laughs> so people have been engaging in the content, and that's what we want. All right, so first up was the MVP of the season. I can tell you that. Five people received votes. Who would you think received the most votes? So I think this one's going to be a runaway for Toby, but I think Charlotte will have received some votes as well. I wonder if Ian gets a rogue vote for being there. Um, and then who knows? Maybe people jumped on and voted for themselves. What are your – I mean, you know the answers. So I know the results, yeah. Oh. I was going with your – yeah. Uh, very, very well thought out by yourself. Toby did win. Uh, uh, he had 35% of the vote. Um, Charlotte came in second with 23% uh, of the vote. So Charlotte oh. uh, only had two votes less than Toby. So people did rate Charlotte's game. Um Next, equally with three votes each, was Keegan and Kyle. I think one of those votes for Keegan would have been himself. Yeah. Um, and, and then uh, there was a throwaway vote on Rosemary. I don't know, maybe by Liz. Okay. Well, love that for them. Yeah. Okay. But you very well predicted that. Who wins the Annabelle Award for the best pre-merge boot? Oh. Oh, that's a good one. Was it – was – I can't even remember who went out pre-merge. I can't even remember who I voted. Oh, I think I yeah. voted for Rosemary, actually. Was it Rosemary? It was Rosemary. A bit of a landslide here. Ten votes for Rosemary. Uh, Mitch, uh, who you encountered in the uh, LRG mini this weekend, uh, who I think did he dragged you out of the game. Yeah, Mitch dragged me. He's cancelled. But yeah. I guess we still love. He only got four votes. 
Sophia, uh, the first boot, got three no votes for Cam and Lauren. Okay. Um, which one-time player would you like to see again, play again? Ooh, um, can't remember. Uh, <laughs> Ian? Is he, uh, where's Ian being mentioned here? Ian got two votes here. Okay. Uh, it's about 12% of the vote. This is quite a, it's quite a spread here, to be honest. All right, go on. Let's. Is Kyle? Kyle's played back. No, has Kyle played another right. game? All right, right, well then, give me Kyle. Give me Kyle. Kyle, second place, three votes. Charlotte with four votes, number one. Oh yes, of course. Uh, Toby got two votes. Ian two votes. Kevin two votes. Nathaniel one. Sophia one. And Alicia one. So a lot of people I see a lot of people see maybe people didn't feel they got enough of these characters from the content they were providing. I mean, they shone in that two seconds. They did really shine. This question I, I probably didn't uh, rate um, ask quite rightly, but the question was really because I'm not going to be telling the rankings of every season. Though I did confess this was number eleven to no one's surprise. Is this season? rightly in the bottom six or should it be in the top five? Oh no this is perfectly ranked this is 25 minutes of my life i'll never get back well uh 12 people agree with you four people think that it is ranked too low and one person said it is ranked too high it's <laughs> why is it even on the list i agree why is it even on the list was that you that um, was too high well, no, I mean, it's perfect because it's last, but um, <laughs> does it qualify is what I would ask. It was it was more like a recap episode. Um, so I thought we were doing them in order, CK. I thought we were going from lowest ranked all the way up to highest ranked. Well, that, that was the original plan. And then some people got in my, in my ear that maybe that's a bit unfair to the people that don't do well. But to be honest, I've got the votes and I don't think anyone's going to be shocked by a lot of the outcomes. So maybe I will do it that way. Like, you know, we can, oh. all, can all harden up a bit, can't we, in this snowflake world? I mean, who's going to be offended by this? The the creators? Yes. yes oh, exactly. okay. Well, <laughs> okay. The creators are going to have their feelings hurt, I guess. Whatever. They put a lot of work into these things. Hard, yeah, hard do. work. Um, okay, on a scale of 1 to 11, 1 being the best, where would you rank Toby's game compared to that of the other 10 LRG winners? That would have involved me watching the other um, LRGs. But, you, and also us more than you want to admit. <laughs> no, I mean, I've watched a few at this point for this podcast, but also it would involve us actually seeing Toby's game and and we only saw about 15 minutes of it. Um, but the other players on this 25-minute season really like to hype his game. So I'm guessing he's going to be pretty high up there. Uh, in the end, it's 6.33, so out of 11. It's not super high. Obviously, people don't credit it. Um, the votes perhaps vote made. It, look, if you attended or watched the interview I did with him, I think that you would uh, recognise that he played quite a strong game. But without that, it's very difficult to know that. Um, yeah. Okay, and now the, the award that actually matters, which is the Orca Award, the Bromelow Medal, which is quite fortuitous because the Brownlow Medal is on tonight. Did you know Absolutely. The Bromelow Medal for our first ever official winner of the Orca Award, Ethan Bromelow. And just to remind our audience, there are three key criteria for winning the most orca of the season 
okay? That is number one, propensity for narcissism. You need to really back yourself and you need to really back your game. Number two, loud and proud. If you have not rubbed someone the wrong way within the first day, you're not orkering hard enough. And number three, you know best. That means that you're forcing your strategy down everybody's throats. You know the right move and you want to make sure that everybody else knows that too. CK and I, proud orcas, CK, talk us through the results. Okay, so the fans were able to vote uh, for this and we said in their voting that their combined votes would count for a single 3-2-1 and then the rest of the Orcas have all put in their own 3-2-1. There was actually quite a spread from the fan votes and it's resulted um, in, like, from the fan perspective, a two-way tie for first and a four-way tie for second and a two-way tie for third. So I've just brought in votes for all of them with that regard just to even mm. it out. I, 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 CK, not to doubt the audience, but I just feel like they don't fully appreciate the criteria of the Orca Award. They don't really understand what that means. Um, would you like to maybe prune from those results and of the people who have tied at every level, select who you think is the most Orca-ish option? Okay, well, at the one, at the one point level, um, there was Nathaniel and Rosemary, not interested in either of them, then it went okay. I, I actually gave my one vote to Cam, um, and this is a little shout-out to my first uh, appearance on Melbourne Survivor in the pre-game, the, the waiting room content, where everyone identified me as orca asshole by wearing my sunglasses and being too cool for school. Cam, from the footage we saw, did not take off his sunglasses the entire time he played the game uh, and thought he was quite cool in that respect. So I gave yeah. him a vote. Cam, for yeah, okay. Cam gets to the one vote from the audience. We love that. Yeah. Refusing to remove your shades even after 6 p.m., peak orca. Yeah. So then Alicia, Keegan, Kath, they all got two votes. And maybe Kath. Um, okay, so then we get to the top four. Um, in third place was Kyle with seven. Is Kyle orca? I don't think so. He's like he really could get, nice. a one vote, but he's not a three vote. No, he's a lovely guy. Okay. Um, and then Charlotte got eight. She was dominating the game, but she seemed to be doing it in a in a nice way. Very hard to tell. We saw her for maybe three, four minutes. Mm. But the top two are clearly the deserved top two. And that is, of course, between Kevin and Ian. Now why, why don't you sing Ian's praises? Why do you think Ian perhaps should be the most orca of the season? Well, that's hard for me to do because I'm firmly team Kevin for this prize. But Ian, <laughs> I, Ian, I do think deserves an honourable mention on this list because rocking up and not giving any fucks about what anybody else is thinking or doing does really hone into this spirit of the Orca Award. I mean, in order to play a social game and not care to socialize, it's giving propensity for narcissism. To really back your own strategy by not aligning with the strategy of others, that gives pushing your strategy on others. It's the loud and proud where I think he really falls down for me, but, you know, being quite salty as he's voted out. Super salty. Gives loud and proud. Gives loud and, and proud. 
And we, we do have to uh, prop up the moment where he played an idol for no on Charlotte uh, to secure her hand in marriage to his son, uh, even though he could have used that idol quite valuably at the next tribal council to save himself. So uh, looking beyond the bigger game there is is something worthwhile, perhaps. Um, maybe maybe too nice for his son there um, yeah. uh, to be Orca. But the, the obvious landslide winner here with 18 votes. Uh, Ian also had eight, same as Charlotte. Is 80 this votes. from the audience? Is this from the audience? No, this is a cuff combined all the oh, audience. Oh, so sorry. I thought we were still going through the audience no, picks. Sorry, it's a mix. I mixed it. Okay, so sorry, who came? So who's number one? Who's third? On everyone's tally? Yeah. Uh, it's Charlotte. Okay, so Charlotte comes in third, second? Yeah. Ian. Ian, sure, and first, well deserved Kevin. by Kevin. Ke well Kev deserved. Kevin got everyone's vote from the Orcas, except for Jules, who voted for Charlotte, and uh, he's he's got the fan vote as well. He's got everyone's vote. Kevin has landslided this thing in. Kevin, we barely saw you, but your legacy, it survived for many, many, many years. I think there's, I, I can't do anything but bow down in sheer admiration for someone who rolls into merge with the numbers and is arrogant enough to just take your two best allies on the reward, leaving everyone else behind, your four, your five, your six, this is the three, and then being so confident in your behaviour just to take off hidden your immunity and give it to Toby. Just give the necklace. You're so confident you won't get rid of that. Honestly, it's sexy. Is Kevin single? Yeah. Uh, well, I reached out to Kevin uh, to see if we could get him on the pod today. Unfortunately, his Facebook profile is untouched since uh, for three years and he doesn't even have a picture on it. So probably not a prolific social media user, unfortunately. Um, and as far as I think Liz knows, Kevin has disappeared off the face of the earth. But I am sure that this is the most proudest achievement of, of his life. I agree. I mean, I can't imagine. Second winner of the Bromelow medal. Congratulations, Kevin. If if Kevin, if you ever watch this, you reach out. We can we can get you on a pod just just to come out. We want to see Kevin. We want to see Kevin's takes, his super hot orca takes. The audience demands a sixth podcast on <laughs> Melbourne Survivor <laughs> season one with the orca runner-ups. Um, no. Thank you for being here, Annabelle, for the awards. I know you've got a very busy podcasting schedule now. Would you like to plug your podcasting schedule? Not yet? Um, yes, sure. I'm covering The Amazing Race Australia coming out soon on silent podcasts. I'm also going to be covering uh, The Traitors Canada, and that will be coming out later this week as well. Very exciting. Thank you. And so thank you for still making time for your home base here on The Orcas. Um, and we're, we're looking forward to the next tea party next when we cover oh, Backyard One. Absolutely. I've got to start watching Backyard now. Yeah, you do. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot me into the sun. I'm sure it'll be great. Have a good one. Enjoy your chat with um, the producers. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Annabelle. So uh, that pretty much rounds up a lot of the coverage for our Melbourne Survivor one coverage but all we need to do now is to talk with the producers and get the real lowdown of how this season came together any tidbits from behind the scenes that we may have missed um and to join me 
to talk about some of the production aspects is my uh, partner in crime that, you know, we'll never vote each other out in anything. Everyone knows it. Uh, Max. Thank you, CK. Yeah, you're pretty right there. Until the next time we play in, looks like you're gone first up. No, I can't say you, I don't mean could, it. it. We're too far deep now. There's too many games we just haven't done. It feels like worse than a normal betrayal. It makes me um, more, of a, more of a threat because I have you as my baggage. I, I yeah, I'm the baggage. People, people should take you out. You're the nice guy. Um, all right. So thank you for joining me, Max. We're going to get your excellent coverage on the challenges, which I actually felt uh, were pretty good this season. What did you think from looking at the challenges? Yeah, for a first go at a film version of a LRG was pretty awesome, considering it was a one-day um, mini, essentially, that was filmed. Yeah, and it was a great job. I'm excited to hear um, Liz's thoughts on the challenges. And, yeah, let's get into it. Right, well, without further ado, let's bring in the infamous Liz. 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 Hey. You got some, hello. Hello. I think I think I'm, I mean some like echo. I mean some like echo from you. Score, you need, score, score. For me? Yes. Yes. Ah. Ah. <laughs> I don't know how to fix that. You need headphones, you need headphones or I'm too loud. Turn the volume down. Can you still hear me? How's that? Yeah, that's right. It's a slight echo, but it'll be all right. Um, and Connick uh, and Connick is here. Is here. Uh, still uh, echo. Uh, uh, I'll fix it in a I'll second. In a second. Um, um, why don't you tell us you about tell us how Melbourne Survivor One came about? Why try and fix this? Uh, about how Melbourne Survivor came about? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um. So. Um, basically, I like uh, I had a bunch of friends who I was like. These people would be like really good at Survivor, um, and I feel like they would like enjoy it as well. Um, so, <laughs> but I was like, how do I get them to like do this when like they they don't like want to? Um, <laughs> so I was like, I'll do an event like um, for my birthday. I'll have like a Survivor themed twenty first, um, and. Yeah, it'll just be a big excuse to, um, yeah, create my own little survivor. And um, um, no, I'm still getting this echo. Uh, so the, did you think all those years ago when you started this one season with, you know, for your birthday, for your 25th birthday, that you would be here five years later uh, with the five hours of podcasting about this season? Um, like, I could only dream. Um, I, uh, like, I, I was, like, keen to, like, you know, do another one, like, afterwards. Like, I was, um, uh, yeah, but I wasn't, I didn't know, like, how it would go. Um, and I think, like, like, my goals for the, for the first one were, like, a lot, um, lower before, like, Connick came into the picture. Um, who's a very ambitious person. <laughs> um, so like I was just picturing things being like, you know, like an hour long or two hour game um, in like my parents' living room or something. Um, and then Connie came along and was like, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. And I was like, I like, I love that. Um, 
yeah, sure. Like if I, if I can, if we can do that, then like I'm on board. Um, so yeah. Well, let's, um, can you hear me? Uh, well, we're talking about Conic. Let's bring in Conic, the enigmatic mystery man, uh, the enigmatic producer of mystery. Um, um, uh, you, you're, you're, I'm not saying you're mysterious saying because, you're mysterious you know, because I've joined this community over the last couple of years, years, years and I've never heard of you never before, heard this of season, season. before this season. But, but what we talked about what with we talked this, about season this season is that, is that the, uh, production, the uh, production, the editing, the, editing, the, the, drone, the, work the drone work was really spectacular. Is that correct? Yeah, it was yeah, a it was multitude a of, multitude of uh, things. Uh, things. So, so oh, yeah, I'm also hearing I'm an echo. Also hearing yes. an echo. Yes. I'm, wearing okay, okay. Mate. I'm just gonna like I... rejoin and then see if that like helps. <laughs> Either that, yeah, or you need to mute like... yourself so that when you speak, it doesn't come through on your end. Yeah, it's working fine. Liz is having technical ah. issues. Did you have these sorts of technical issues with her <laughs> production in Melbourne Survival One? Liz has always been it. that kind of person where she always. We, we we're all very ambitious, but technically very very interesting. I think technically unsound. Did you have did you have these issues? These oh, that was a joke. <laughs> Conic, lovely to meet you. Um, nice to meet you, Max. Nice to meet you, Chris. I saw a little bit of uh, Melbourne Survivor Three, so I was kind of paying attention to uh, to you guys, but I was I only there for the first day uh, for filming. I wasn't actually. You were there on the first day of Melbourne Survivor Three. That's right. You were all the way out in, I don't know where it was. Whoop whoop. It was a long drive to get to the. Do you place. remember Conic from being there, Max? <laughs> you, you operated. We oper operating the drone. Drone. I wasn't operating. The I wasn't drone. operating I was the drone. The I was behind the. Alice. Alice. No good. No good. <laughs> no good. I've like never had this problem before. Um, this is crazy. You come back for the headphones. Yourself, mate. I'll uh, yeah. Test, test. There we go. Okay, so what were you doing on uh, Melbourne Survivor 3? See, we didn't get voted out day one, so we never met you. There we go. No, so Melbourne Survivor Season 3 was kind of... Well, the first day was a little bit of an introduction, right? You guys were just running in, oh, you getting your, bit, yeah. Um, yeah. your equipment, and then setting yeah. up camp and everything. Not majorly too many of the challenges. I think there was one of the, the fire challenges you did early mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that was there for that because I was just wanting to oversee um, the the, the uh, start of it. Um, but yeah, that's why you won't see me. I'm behind the scenes. I'm sneaky and you, like and that. And you did a lot of the editing for Melbourne for the Melbourne One episode. Is that right? Yes. So the way that Melbourne Survivor worked, and I and I would assume that once Liz jumps in, she can attest to this. <laughs> but um. From what I did, because I remember when I, Liz messaged me a, a little bit ago and she was like, okay, you know, we have this podcast that, that's happening up, coming up and, uh, you know, we wanted to see if you could join in for this particular podcast. I'm like, all right, sure. I can, I can jump in. I don't know how much that I remember from season one, because that was in 2018, I believe yeah, it was. Five years ago. Five years ago. And uh, so I was like, okay, well, the last few days i was just scrolling through all the uh the behind the scenes stuff just to see um what we actually recounted on what we actually talked about so i actually wrote down a whole schedule in terms of how my uh point of view for melbourne survivor actually ended up happening um so i wrote down here originally um 
before I before I even get into talking about Melbourne Survivor, Liz, the amazing host, she uh, ever since I've known her, she's always been a huge fan of Survivor. I think um, whenever we'd talk in uh, in, uh, in high school and whatnot, one of the main things that I always remember her talking about was Survivor, and I know that she's always quite you know. Um, she, she's very knowledgeable about it. She's watched so many of these different um, different uh, shows and variety of Australian ones and US ones and all the Backyard Survivor and all those different things. And she'd always recommend me. And from what I listed down, it was February of 2018 that she first pitched the idea. She was like, okay, well, I'm thinking of doing a Survivor uh, a game for, for her 21st at the time. And I wrote down a few things that were pretty funny. So originally, she was going to call it Liz's Survivor. Um, but then she said that she felt it was really weird um, just calling it by her own name. Um, and then later on, she decided she wanted she didn't want to do Melbourne Survivor or, or Survivor Melbourne because it seems too official at the time. But it ended up, we actually chose Melbourne Survivor as the name. Um, and over the course of the few months, so we had a few, uh, we had a lot of discussions, not just a few discussions. So we were, um, we were looking at what different obstacles, uh, puzzles, teamwork. So she's already been to a few, so she already had an idea of it. Um, but essentially, I think what we envisioned at the start was we wanted to try to get a survivor game. So 39 days, like a 39 game, 39 day survivor and condense it essentially into one day. And that was pretty... I think that was pretty ambitious at the start. We could have probably made it a few days, but I think she just wanted to just try to do it one day, see if the interest was there before we actually moved into other stuff. So I remember her recommending all these other um, Survivor games. There was like, she liked Backyard Survivor. Um, there was something called Survivor Guts and Glory, Camp Survivor. A few of those might ring a bell. Um, but she was really looking into the research in terms of how we can get... Um, to doing this stuff. So I think around April, we started doing um, test runs. She sent out applications and rules and all that stuff. And we were starting to collate all this um, equipment, um, crew, uh, challenges, all that stuff. Like there was a huge debate over the tribe colors, for instance. We were originally, Liz was like, oh, should we do uh, green or should we do uh, all these colors? And I was like, oh, okay, you know, good colors would be, you know, contrasty colors. And she ended up choosing blue and yellow because she thought it was the cheapest one to buy from Amazon. So that's <laughs> why those ended up being the tribe colors. Um, and then the merge became, um, I think, orange, I think was the merge color. Yeah. Well, what sort of buffs were they? they? They were just like bandanas, weren't they? They weren't like proper Yeah, buffs. like something like this. Kind of thing. Yeah, um, mine's still in the package. But yeah, essentially, she will just buy You haven't used it yet. Yeah, I know. did you have real so, buffs for this? Yeah, you're allowed to meet yourself to talk. You're allowed to meet to talk. I need to talk. Yeah, you, Liz, if you can answer questions, can anyone else not hear CK or is that is that just me? Am I just is something? No, no one here. I, I can hear CK. Damn, okay. <laughs> what is going on with Liz's settings? The technical right. difficulties. Um, so the, were they were like were they buffs from a previous Survivor season, were they? No, no, no. So I think from what I know is that she bought the buffs, and then you can design the the uh, the the logo to actually put it on. So for instance, this was an early. I can't actually. Hopefully, you can see it. 
Maybe not. This was an early rendition of the Survivor logo that we were thinking of using. And then eventually we, over time, we adapted it. But essentially we just design the logo and then she will just um, print it off and then you can actually uh, use that for your tailor-made buffs, essentially, is how that ended up happening. So I think that, yeah, I think that was the, the way the buffs were created. And then over time, I think during June, we started to do trials. So um, even though she's been to a few different Survivor events throughout Australia before, um, she didn't know the runtime in terms of how each of the challenges would go about. So for instance, she didn't know how long a particular puzzle might take or how long a particular obstacle course might take. Um, and over time, we started getting um, all these different challenges and uh, bits and bops. And then we also started expanding the crew. So we had um, a few of her high school friends started jumping on board. We also had a few of her own friends that were able to help out with filming as well. Is everything all good, Liz? Yeah, right I think so. <laughs> it's uh, fixed. There's no echo. That is crazy. But luckily, Conic seems to have had an incredible amount of involvement in this season, and he's had a lot of content to to, to drop in. How did you wrangle him to come in and uh, just do all this work for you? For no glory is for you to take all the glory, and we've never heard know, of this right? guy. <laughs> Um, yeah, luckily for me, uh, Connick's also a Survivor fan. Um, so, um, yeah, that, that helped a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't think I really wrangled him. He just, like, got excited about it and was like, <laughs> yeah, let's make this happen. That is true. I think when we, when she pitched it, I was like, oh, this could be a really cool way. We can make our own version of Melbourne Survivor. And then I remember I was doing so many of these different drafts. We were making drafts before we even got onto set. We were like, okay, this is, you know, an idea of the overview of what it was. And then I even put in, I, this is now, it might be a bit difficult now, but before when we were making Melbourne Survivor, I was like, I really love the music from the original Survivor, for instance. And I was like, oh, hopefully we can go on YouTube. We find some background music from, uh, from uh, Survivor, you know, different themes. I remember originally I used the season eight theme as the theme that we used, but then Liz was like, no, 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 we've got to use the season <laughs> six theme or something like that. So all right, all right, we'll slot that in as well. Um, so we were trying, I think when we were making it, we were trying kind of to make it as authentic as possible. Nowadays, like Liz can actually do it over multiple days. So she has multiple parts to it. But I think when we first started, we were just, you know, if we can just get a day done, you know, that already would be um, pretty successful in itself. Um, well, I don't know how much of our coverage that you've watched, but on the first podcast we did covering uh, this season, I mentioned and Jules mentioned um, the only reason this is so low in the countdown of the rankings is because it's only we've only got a small amount of content available. That's but right. if this was a fully put-together season, I think it would be quite a lot higher um, the production seemed very strong and the contestants really brought a great game. Mm. But what I really love is I think this is arguably the best finale that's ever been done in Australian LRGs. And I'm not, I'm not just joking about that because it starts off with a fantastically detailed recap like you normally get in the Survivor finale, which you don't... Look, uh, Liz actually did a really good one. Did you do the one for Playing With Fire or did, did Shelley do it? 
Uh, wait. Oh, the finale recap. Uh, I think that was completely me. Yeah. I'm not sure, though. That, that, <laughs> I have to look was, back at the credits. Yeah, that was very, very good. But I think this was still probably better. It was very, very well put together. Then it comes in with the drone shot. And then uh, it runs through a very clear narrative. Frontal Council and the the ending with the, like, I'm going to read the votes in two weeks and the natural cut to the to the church and everyone's clapping. <laughs> it gave that real authentic survivor old school finale vibe, which I really, really enjoyed. So I think you guys, for what you set out to do, like you obviously didn't know when you made it that in five years time, people were going to be podcasting and comparing it to 10 other seasons where people oh, actually crazy. put out the whole thing. Um, but you just made something that you wanted to do that you're passionate about. <laughs> that was a joke, Liz, obviously. <laughs> uh, we producer of created it wrong as well, so I just fixed it for Oh, thank you for that. For those, for those listening and not watching, uh, I had credited Liz with sole creator, host, and founder of Melbourne Survivor just because of the enigmatic producer of Mystery. Connick had never been before, hence to forth mentioned to us previously. Um, <laughs> the, the, I think you did an amazing job of... of achieving the goal that you wanted to achieve uh put on a great day of survivor everyone we've spoken to that was on the season remembers it very fondly um it obviously has had a huge impact in the growth of uh amateur survivors in the south in australia i know backyard one had been filmed already at this point i'm not sure if it had been released um but what sort of impact did you expect in any way that this would have the liz this sort of impact like five years from now that, you know, it would have spawned so many uh, brother and sister programs? Um, no, not really. <laughs> but, um, but I feel like... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, <it's> like... Liz. <laughs> Aston Unreal. from Unreal. says Aston. Liz Zuckerberg. <laughs> hey, Connick is a very, uh, like, he's, he's obviously an ambitious person. He's, like, a very um, busy person as well for, like, all of the time that I've known him. Uh, he's got other things, like, going on, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> whereas I have no life. So that's why I've dedicated myself to this. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah. you, sorry, we got derailed there. You never thought that this would be what it's become? Um. Yeah, not really. Like, not to this, like, extent. Um, yeah, like, I, I hoped that, like, I could have, like, multiple um, seasons. Um, yeah, that I'd, like, you know, have people aside from just, like, people I know, like, doing it. Um, but, like, I knew that other people were, like, setting up their own stuff, like, at the same, like, time as well. So I didn't expect it to, like, you know, um, like, spur on anyone um yeah um so like like camp survivor like that toby was running like he was starting that up like at the same time as as um as this um and then like obviously backyard was already a thing um and yeah so i like i thought like others might like pop up but i didn't think like that they would be like because of melbourne survivor or anything I do think a lot of people, um, the other ones, do credit Backyard and Melbourne. If you ever see any videos of Sam Green from Talking in Brisbane or Eli in Sydney um, or uh, Dan in Canberra, they do they do about why did you start to do this or why do you think you could do this? They reference that it, you know, it, had, it had been done. And simply the fact that it had been done before gives you the confidence, you know, I can do that. 
you know, I can put that together. It, it, it works. Yeah, that's true. And like backyard definitely like had that effect on me as well. And like giving that confidence and also like, uh, like just help from Kyle in general, just like offering like tips and stuff. Um, yeah. For, for when you, when you moved on to Melbourne too, do you mean? Um, so before that, so like, uh, like I posted in some like Australian survivor, like Facebook group, um, that I was like doing it and to like, other people asking for ideas and stuff. Um, and, uh, and then Kyle like commented stuff and then he also like messaged me and like, yeah, gave me a heap of, of things. And then I had already seen a bit of backyard survivor and then I like put two and two together. I was like, Oh, you're this guy. Um, but yeah, like, so yeah, that was before. And, and then you cast him because you were like, needed someone last minute. And then he somehow backhand casted you on, uh, on, <laughs> on backyard three. There weren't any like backhand deals going on here. I don't know. Oh, this is, you know, just... No, no. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was very last minute as well. Yes, what he said. He was just randomly in Melbourne. I just want to uh, put up some comments here. Sam Green, creator of Brisbane Survivor, um, the best pace finishing host probably going to be ever. Uh, winnings, also the winner of Sydney Survivor 1, said it was a massive inspiration what you had oh. done with Melbourne Survivor. And he, you know, it showed that it was actually possible. What's also important to highlight, CK, is the sense of community that has been created with these LRGs. And just what we see now is the amount of like interconnection between, I guess, states now and people flying over to help out crew at Canberra or help out in uh, for Backyard. And now Sydney season two, I'm sure, going to get people from all around helping out. And of course, we get the people coming to Melbourne to help. So it's, it's become a national thing where people from different states come together uh, for a thing that they all enjoy or love and help out in these allergies, which is which is awesome. There are six people watching this live instead of the Brownlow medal. That's the sort of community we have. <laughs> Soon there's going to be five people watching and I'm going to be out watching that Brownlow. <laughs> um, uh, and so, Brisbane, of course. Sorry, Sam. Yeah. Connie, did, did you... Um, Get it. Were you involved in, in season two at all? Or was that you, you know, I stepped out for the day? I'm not going to do anymore. I think season two, I was executive producer. So I okay. did look over some of the stuff that Liz was doing, but I was definitely not as hands on with season one. I think season one was such a huge undertaking, but it also, as you mentioned, meant that it was possible. And I think after season one, even the day after, we were, well, firstly, we were knackered. Uh, we were so tired after the first day. But after we finished filming season one, Liz was already thinking of season two. <laughs> <laughs> we were already ready to go for season two. And uh, I think she also had like plans to like you know, get more people. I think originally, for instance, in season one, we culled down the contestant list, I think. I, I kept on asking, oh, can we do 12 contestants? Can we do 10 contestants? Because I was <laughs> like, well, we're so ambitious with the, the one day thing. Um, so that's why when we started moving into season two and she wanted to have a multi-day event or multi-day uh, survivor, it meant that was more possible to mm. have more space between each of the uh, challenges. You know, we didn't have to worry about it turning to nighttime so quickly. Um, and then she wanted to have more um, contestants and more 
people from around that she knows of. Um, and that's why season two, you know, she, I think she took the reins for it. I think she, she definitely had a bigger say in terms of how she wanted season two. So like, for instance, another uh, an example would be uh, in season one, because it was a one day event, we couldn't show as many confessionals, for instance. And yeah. I know that for instance, she wanted to show more confessionals, more uh, dialogue from each of the contestants so you can get to know them more. And I think earlier on in the podcast, you're like, okay, you know, for instance, Kevin won the Orca award or whatnot, and he was only in the video for like three minutes. I'm like, yeah, That's I know. I was. was. That's how I was in... Kevin was. I know. I, I love Kevin. He was great in the uh, in the <laughs> on the day. He was. I I would have definitely voted for him as well. But I just think, yeah, because of the time constraints and because it was a birthday celebration, we had only a limited amount of time. We we're like, we didn't want all our audience at the uh, at Liz's church to just be watching a. <laughs> a 10 hour video yeah. we made it half an hour and they watched it half an hour and then liz can reveal the votes um but yeah i think it was just it was like a ge- genesis it was like the idea yeah formed in season one and then she just ran away with it in season two well, three etc cetera, etc cetera. well the big question i've been getting from um some people in the comments and also the people we've had on the show is does the footage still exist can you make the damn season <laughs> I think I think Hoping Liz has in particular would like this day. Okay, I think Liz has the foot. Look, this is this was the this was the laptop that I used to edit. You still have the laptop? I know it is. is wow. I tried opening it up uh, earlier today no. to see if I can recover the footage. It has been dead since that. Um, even um, to be honest, it was already dying when we were editing Melbourne Survivor. I remember <laughs> it was the actual day that Liz was about to unveil the votes. And I was still at the back of the church, oh, still yeah. editing the video. <laughs> it was, we were cutting it fine. We we're cutting it very mm. close. So the fact that it even turns on is a, is, a, is a surprise in itself. But I'm not too sure about the footage. I thought I gave all the SD footage over to you, Liz. So you might have all of it. I, I think I had it, but I think I deleted it all. <laughs> Uh, look, sorry, Toby. <laughs> sorry, Toby. But look, we there is now five hours of podcast coverage that he can go back to and self-aggrandize himself about his his victory. It has been discussed at length. There is now content. I, I feel like doing this coverage um, has given this season uh, a life that it, it didn't ever have previously um, because it was a, a really well put together season one thing we haven't spoken about too much uh and max max is our officiato in this is you may or may not know conic but in melbourne survivor 4 which max and i helped out with max made some incredible challenges so he's our challenge uh the challenge uh, king challenge king who will come in brady and and i made made some incredible challenges sorry brady and uh, i i understood brady's the brainchild and you're more the the tools. We, 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 we work as a team. Okay. One in all. It's Brady and Max. Sorry, Brady. Uh, but that's why Max is here to critique or discuss the challenges. I think they look pretty good. What did you think about them, Max? Well, as like for a f- first go at it was something that's, as you said before, the, the timing of a one day game where the challenges have to be nice, quick, and concise. I thought you smashed it, honestly. Hmm. And, yeah, and I I was... yeah, sorry, keep going. So I was going to say, like, I was going to ask you like, like your thoughts on how you how you approached that, and also what was your favorite challenge? Because there's always a favorite challenge. 
<sighs> what was the favorite challenge? I really liked the eating strange food one. <laughs> <laughs> what were there the strange was... foods? What were the strange foods? Do you recall? I, I think oh, I, I remember, I think. Um, Keegan definitely remembers. Um, I think it was... Um, uh, I think we started out with a, a kidney. Um, Ooh, okay. Yeah, um, which I, I <laughs> lightly fried... Uh, after like opening a sentry egg which was the second part and then I couldn't eat eggs for like a year because it just smelled like urine to me um, and then uh, the last one was a uh, lamb brain okay I think I think that's really good because you know we, we talked about in this podcast before when survivor seasons do the uh, gross food eating challenge and survivor itself doesn't do it anymore because it's very hard to walk a fine line of being culturally insensitive with some foods that are uh, traditional to certain regions and to say it's gross when that's what people there eat every day is very a very Western way of looking at things. Um, but it sounds like you had a good mix where, like, I think the century egg is a challenge, I think, for a lot of people. And then lamb and kidney, like you're eating, like, clear organs is sort of tricky for people. I think that's a good mix. And Canberra Survivor then, of course, uh, had a century egg in their second season. So it came back once more. I just remember the uh, everyone afterwards were very uh, put off by the gross food, and I think that really uh, really set the tone. I think, you like seeing that. people suffer, hey? <laughs> that was a good one. I, I think another challenge that I remember that people suffered on was we went to the lakeside and they had to grab the water, but the buckets had holes in yes. it. Yes, and I, uh, I think over time. Shelly Gross from the community has come in with an absolute mum joke here because her last name is Gross or Gross, and she said, Gross food. Gross can sometimes <laughs> That's be fantastic, Shelly. That's awesome. It's a very quality <laughs> mum joke, Shelly. As a dad, I appreciate it. Sorry, Connick. Um, yeah, so there we, we had another challenge at the lakeside where they had to grab the buckets um, to, to fill up the... Yeah, they were complaining about this. They, they, they were complaining about it. Good, good. Because I think mm. at the at the time it was like because it was a one day event, they couldn't switch out the socks or shoes or whatnot. Yeah. So they had to for the just you know as a viewer just know that for the rest of that night they had scoochy, soggy shoes that they were walking in. Um, but I think, I think what made that Kyle, yeah. Kath, Kobe, anyone yeah. we talk to complained about that. What uh, what I found uh, really great about that particular uh, uh, challenge was that uh, because we were at Gels Park and it was so um, out in the open that because at that time we had a lot of different bystanders that actually passed by and they were cheering us on uh, during that particular challenge. <laughs> so there was, was also they were just like yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was a huge audience <laughs> participation for them to keep pushing through to get that immunity. Um, so yeah, I think that was those were my two favorites. Um, Liz? One of my favorite things about that challenge as well is um, that uh, both Kath and Ian just like gave up. And <laughs> just not. Nah, nah, like, right. yeah, nah, not for me. <laughs> what do you have any other fond memories of the season that we haven't talked about in our hours of coverage? Anything that we've missed? What was the party like after the votes? Was it well, that was that your party began after the votes? I presume. I don't think so. I think um, I think it was like a little bit. It was like scheduled for like a certain time, and then it, yeah, so it was kind of like in between. 
Oh, so it was in between the party. So was it was it? Uh, did the party go off once everyone had watched it? Was Toby just like living up life? <laughs> I think I think I gave it. I gave a speech. Um, yeah. yeah, and I like I yeah brought Connick up and like gave him something a bo- box of chocolates or something. Something like that. Yeah. Gave <laughs> <laughs> some other things out. Like yeah, something like that. And like I don't know, gave a speech about being twenty one and stuff. Yeah, and, I think yeah, I think at that time. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. At that time, I think we didn't tell anyone that we were gonna show up with the votes. I think at the time we were like, okay, we'll just play the video. Yeah. At the at the end of the video, it's like, oh yeah, you know, I've revealed the votes, and she walks off into the into the dark. Mm. And then I think Liz and I, we had the idea is like, okay, as she walks off in the dark, you have to come in in real life as well at the same time. And yeah. I think that it was so hype when she walked in, and everyone yeah. in the crowd turns around and they see Liz coming with the uh, with the votes. Oh my goodness, that, that was it great! It was deja vu in my wedding day, actually. <laughs> well, I was gonna I was gonna mention that some people in the comments uh, said who attended your wedding was like this. This is the same. Was this her wedding? Was it for her wedding? This is the same church, uh, and you know, obviously, you know, um, your church is an important part of who you are, but. Uh, you've had some very special moments here with your 21st and the Survivor production that's led to a lot uh, of things you've done now in your life and a big part of your life. And you got married there. Um, of course, you know, you didn't you didn't meet your husband on Survivor, but he did play a season. <laughs> yes, yes. So it's a it's a very like, you know, it, it's a um, such a. Has this been, a, you know, coming back to this season, which I'm sure you haven't given a lot of attention through these four weeks, has it been a, a real, like, coming around, like, looking back at where you've come from, full circle sort of situation? Um, yeah, it has been. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's been cool. Um, just, like, looking back and stuff. Um, it's just good to see Connick again, honestly. Like, it's, <laughs> it's been a little while. Like, it has been. You know? Well, I'm glad um, I'm reconnecting your your strained and friendships. You know, I'm strange. connecting them back. I tried with Charlotte; she wasn't interested. I'm sorry, but I'm connecting yeah. this one. <laughs> <laughs> if only Kevin had responded to me. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, look, I just want to say thank you to both of you for coming on, um, Liz. Obviously, this is not the last time we'll be seeing you. Uh, who? Who? Uh, who? Just out of curiosity, will we see Conic again when we do Warren Dyke? Who else would be joining you for a production um, podcast for Warren Dyke? For Warren um, so sort of the like the people who were doing most of, like the the planning for like, like the format and stuff of the season were like uh, Rosemary, Kyle, um, uh, Toby, and Keegan. Okay. Um, so those were the people I was like, uh, yeah, talking to about that stuff. Um, yeah, Connick, I was just like always like messaging about like tech things. Um, yeah, and also during like the like uh, when I was editing, there were like a lot of yes. there was a lot there was of some that, editing like, helps as well, troubleshooting yeah. and things. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, like that's excellent. I look forward to chatting with them when we do Warren Diet sometime down the track. Conics, fantastic to meet you. Um, I hope that this has rekindled your interest in the community a little bit because it sounds like just from this brief period we've spoken to you, you've got a lot of great ideas, you've got a lot to offer, 
and you've got a lot of skills in terms of the edited program we saw. So I would, I think we would all love it if you were to, to rejoin the community a little bit. Um, you maybe would you play a season? Oh man, <laughs> I think I'm. Before. I, Liz has Liz has pitched the idea before. I feel like I'm more of a behind the camera versus on the camera. I don't know if I'm great at social um, components of it. What are you I talking love... about? You're like, aren't you, you, you make uh, friends with like everyone from high school still like five okay. years old. <laughs> Personally, I've really enjoyed your vibe in, in this in this interview. You're well-spoken. You've got a cool vibe. I, I look to align with you. I think you'd also do great confessionals. Likewise. Likewise. <laughs> I, you, I agree with you. that statement, CK. Yeah. Just give it a go. So, yeah, give it a go. You never know. There's always <laughs> people looking out for uh for, for contestants, and mm. you know it's it's a very positive thing in today's world that um uh you know what when I've done casting, you get a lot of straight white guys applying, and you know <laughs> when you're a straight white guy, you're fighting against a lot of other straight white guys for spots. But when you represent a more diverse background there's a lot more opportunity, which is excellent. And that's why a lot of survivors live <laughs> these days. So um, I'm sure, and plus you have been so interesting on this. I think you'd be a slam dunk casting. Mel Sheehan uh, agrees. She says you've been fascinating to listen to and you should definitely play. Mel, of course, played in Canberra uh, too and has uh, been production on some seasons. And I should, she's been watching a lot of these ones live and I should give her the shout out that she won the James Wolf uh, mini LRG Survivor, or it wasn't Survivor, it was uh, some other game. Um, uh, this Saturday night went to the final with Sam uh, from Brisbane and with John uh, Tan from Canberra and uh, Melbourne Survivor, the, the game as he's now known uh, for those that are watching that podcast. Um because uh, he's the John Tan with all the H's. He's the Triple H, so he's the game. Uh, we got there in the end. Uh, so he that was a great success for you, Mel. Um, I couldn't play because I had a gig. If I had played, I probably would have gone out pretty early. Well but, done, Mel. Uh, great, great. <laughs> well done, Mel. And then, yeah, Sam, who came second, is propping her up. And he's happy for her because he won a real game of Survivor. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, so I want to thank everyone that uh, uh, has come. So thank you, Liz. Thank you, Connick. Thank you, Max, um, for being with us today. I just want to also thank everyone that's been part of this programming for the last four weeks. We, of course, had Jules joining me for the initial show. We then had uh, my interview with Toby where Ma joined us. Uh, and then we had the excellent tea party with Annabelle uh, hosting with Kyle and Kath. And now, of course, Liz Connick and Max joining me as well as Annabelle in the awards earlier. This is the end of the Melbourne One coverage, but it is not the end of the Orca countdown. As we move into the month of October, we will be looking at Backyard Survivor Season 1. There is still time to start binging. It's not super long, like it's 10 apps and most are about 20 minutes-ish. So it's very watchable in a binge. Um, I'm hoping that you'll join us. It's a really great season. It's got some uh, really great elements that I'm really excited to talk about. And the first episode of that will be in about a week's time. And I'll be joined by uh, Orcas, uh, Jules and Danny. Uh, and then we will have the continued coverage and interview with the host, uh, with the with the host, obviously, like we've done here, uh, an interview with the winner, hopefully, and also a tea party. So look out for all of that and look out for the voting for Canberra Survivor 
uh, season one very soon to be on a Facebook link that I spam into your feeds sh shortly. So for all of us here at the Orchipod, thank you very much to the people that are listening, whether you're listening live and commenting, which we love, or whether you're listening later on on a podcast form when you're running or walking on commuting or whatever you're doing. You know, it's all part of this community, and like I would, I would speak into a vacuum happily, really, just to hear the sound of my own voice. But it's always glad to have people actually paying attention to the content. So thank you to everyone who makes an effort to be here live. That's particularly special. Uh, but everyone who listens, we love you. Thank you so much. We will see you all next week for Backyard One. Thanks, guys, and thank you.